Welcome back to my Quarter Life Crisis Book Club Edition. Woo, 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 woo. Numero dos. We need like a soundboard so we can have like... Or you can just do it every time. Yeah, <laughs> like you sing on the regular episodes every time. This week's book club is It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover. It's finally here. I was waiting for it for months. Thankfully, I did not have to wait for months. More like a couple weeks. I only waited about like two months. Just want to dive right in? Let's get to it. A little synopsis, shall we? So first things first is we never did a book club over It Ends With Us, but that is the... What is it? Predecessor? Pre, Yeah. Prequel? Yeah. It's the first book. So this is a two book series now. I don't think she'll do another one. So if you haven't read It Ends With Us, this book really doesn't We can't dive make a into lot of it. Sense. Yeah, we can't <laughs> dive into It Ends With Us. But I think you, you maybe don't necessarily have to read It Ends With Us, but you're missing a ton of context yeah. if you don't. But we just can't dive into that because we'll be here forever. (laughs) No. So if you haven't, this may not make a ton of sense. But if you haven't, what are you doing? Go start with It Ends With Us. And and then then, come back. And then come back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, don't listen to this. Go read it first and then come back. It's so worth the read. If you haven't read a book, that's the one to get you going. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I'm going to try to give a synopsis without going like too off the walls about it. it begins where the last book left off so lily and atlas run into each other on the street about a year after lily gave birth and they're both just kind of reeling you know after seeing each other lily says that she's gonna text atlas once she gets to work and it's just this whole like i'm checking my phone i'm nervous what am i gonna hear from them type thing so Atlas is waiting for the text from Lily and he's kind of just like time's passing by. He doesn't have any texts. And while that's happening, Lily's kind of having this battle with herself because she's like, she's nervous. Am I really going to do this? Because she's picturing like the long term future. It's not just going to be like a casual, you know, like hookup. Yeah. She knows there's no casual with Atlas. So she knows if they start something, it is going to be serious. It is going to be long term. And she's battling with herself because she is afraid of what her relationship with Atlas is going to do for Ryle and how Ryle is going to affect their relationship, possibly affect things with her daughter, all of that. So she doesn't text Atlas for like, I think a few days, maybe even go by. Or no, he texts her and says it was really good to see you. And she just says, you too, Mm -hmm. period. Yeah. You know, if you were to get a text like that, you'd be like, okay, like, I guess we're not talking. (laughs) So I think a few days go by and then eventually Atlas shows up to Lily's flower shop and brings her pasta, the why are you avoiding me pasta. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I'm not avoiding you. Yes, I am. And then she just kind of starts to get into it. All of a sudden, Ryle's showing up. Alyssa's like, hide him. Ryle's coming. Hide him. And Ryle is the baby daddy. Yes, her ex-husband. So Lily hides Atlas in her closet while Ryle is there. And they're just like acting super weird just to try to get Ryle out of the flower shop. Eventually, Lily goes back to the office and is like completely mortified that she hid Atlas. Kind of like she used to when they were young. You know, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, it's like she's always having to hide Mm -hmm. him from an abuser like if you think about it there's like so many parallels and atlas is just kind of like eating it up because he knows that she's mortified and he just does not care because he's so in love with her like he literally doesn't care he asks her on a date and then they plan their date meanwhile during this lily asks ryle for her key back trying to set some boundaries because he had kind of been getting too familiar showing up to lily's apartment letting himself in 
putting Emmy to bed without her there. He was like trying to eat dinner there with her. Definitely having hopes that if he's like on his best behavior that they'll reconcile and get back together. And obviously Lily is not on the same page. And so she asks Ryle for her key back, which kind of sets him off. But it starts to lead her down this path of closing the door officially with Ryle and kind of gaining the strength to maybe entertain something with Atlas. In Atlas's life, he receives a phone call from a number that he doesn't recognize. He thinks maybe it's Lily calling from like her flower shop or something. And it's actually his mom, who he has not seen in about, well, his brother's 12. So at least 12, it was 12 years because apparently she was pregnant when Atlas left. So 12 years. And once he realizes that it's her, he hangs up. Because he was assuming that she was just wanting money from him because she's kind of toxic. Right. So he just blocked her and hung up. So Atlas is also like a restaurateur. So he has two restaurants, Bibs and Corgan's. So out of nowhere, his restaurant started getting vandalized. So it's a couple different nights in a row. First night, I think they broke into Bibs or like shattered a window. Yeah, I think it was like a, like a brick through a window situation. And then they hit the other restaurant and then another day. And only croutons were taken. Yeah, they didn't steal anything. The croutons were just <laughs> all eaten. It's like a raccoon. <laughs> raccoon throw the rock (laughs) through the window so the third time they spray painted asshole on the door so it's like okay well this is not random it's kind of targeted asshole asshole with a w doesn't one of them say his name on there like fuck you atlas yeah it says that as well so atlas is like this is kind of weird personal personal but he's like who do i have beef with did your mind automatically go to ryle yeah i thought it was ryle i think that's probably where everybody's mind went first but it doesn't it didn't last that long because at bibs atlas doesn't have any security footage but at corrigan's he does and he can tell that it's somebody that's younger Mm um of like a smaller build so it kind of gets squashed pretty early on that it's not ryle but i think that's probably where everybody's mind went at the very beginning Mm -hmm. because ryle has always been suspicious of atlas had like red flags about him that was like the entire problem in their marriage so it wouldn't necessarily be a crazy I mean, it is crazy, but like a crazy thought for the reader to think, okay, Lily asks for her key back. Ryle probably just assumes that it has something to do with Atlas. And then Ryle goes nuts and like does something to Atlas's restaurants. So eventually Lily and Atlas go on their date. Lily is like super tired, but she's like, no, we're doing this. We're going. The restaurant was 45 minutes away. Yes. Man, if I'm tired and I'm in the car for 45 minutes, I'm falling asleep. Narcoleptic or not. I get so (laughs) sleepy in the car. So Lily falls asleep in the car on the way to their date and then they make it to the restaurant And Atlas just like doesn't have the heart to wake her up. But Lily had kind of teased Atlas that she brought one of her journals, one of her Ellen letter journals. And Atlas was like, I'm just going to let her sleep. And he starts reading in these journals in which she kind of like recounts their entire relationship as she's writing to Ellen. And so he doesn't wake her up. He starts reading the journals. And I believe it was the story of their first kiss. Then she kind of wakes up and she's like, oh shit, sorry. Like, Yeah. She realizes that she slept through their date. She's so embarrassed. Yeah. But when Lily was asleep, Atlas wrote her a letter on his phone and he tells her kind of the in-depth story of how he became homeless in the first place. Like they had kind of talked about it when they were younger, but he never really got to how he got in that position. 
And he tells Lily about, you know, the abuse from his mom and Tim um, and how his mom was just always like on a short fuse, how he could never do anything right. If he did help around the house, he was like being a smart ass. If he wasn't helping around the house, he was like a lazy piece of shit. He recounts like the one literally like one positive memory that he has with his mom but other than that he's literally getting like cigarettes put out on his arm all of this so eventually atlas gets kicked out at like what age 17 i think it was 17 in the letter he just recounts and kind of tells lily in detail like what had actually happened to him and the abuse he had endured and how he eventually left and went to the abandoned house and he tells her that she literally like saved his life and that's how he like started to fall in love with her once she reads that she's like super emotional like as anybody would be she obviously knew that he suffered abuse but i don't think that she like realized how horrible it had been literally his entire life so they're driving back home from this 45 minute away restaurant that they never even made it to the restaurant to and they like pick up a burger on the way home just like a cheap one Lily can't be out super late because she has to pick up Emmy and they decide to take it slow from there. They like really want to kiss each other, but she's like, we have to take it slow. And Atlas is like, okay, fine. So that night while Lily is on the date with Atlas, Alyssa and Marshall are watching Emmy and Ryle is not supposed to be there whatsoever, but he lives in the same building. And I think he might've been like unexpectedly off that night. So when Lily goes to pick up Emmy, Ryle is there holding her and she is like super surprised and she definitely looks like she has been on a date. So Ryle is already kind of like irritated. And when she gets there, they're watching Finding Nemo and she can, it's like very obvious that Ryle is upset and he asks if they can go talk. And that's when he realizes Emerson's middle name, which is Dory, was from Finding Nemo. And so he's like, and he, but he knew that Finding Nemo was a significant movie between her and Atlas. So he's saying, how could you name our daughter? like after him essentially mm -hmm. and he's super upset and it's kind of one of those instances where you don't necessarily blame him for being upset like if you yeah. look at it and kind of put yourself in the same shoes i think you would probably conclude the same thing but she's saying you know this movie was significant to me even before atlas like it has nothing to do with him but even in her mind she's like maybe it did you know and maybe i was naming her this to like almost spite him so then Ryle starts getting upset. Lily starts getting nervous. And eventually Ryle is like, Lily, what are we doing? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, we're done. And this is kind of when she really tells him, like, they are done. Their chapter is closed. And he kind of starts to, I think, fully realize that she means it. He starts getting upset. And she vocalizes that to him. And then he's like, Lily, we're just arguing. People are allowed to argue. Which is true. But also... She's traumatized by him, but he does recognize that and takes off. And up until this point, when she vocalizes to him, you know, this is a boundary that I need or you're scaring me right now, he's respecting that and showing kind of some growth in him. So up until now, at least me as a reader, I'm like, okay, Ryle is at least able to control himself up to a certain extent because mm -hmm. of their daughter. So while that's happening with Lily and Ryle, Atlas is at his restaurant and out of nowhere, his mom shows up, which is really weird because he thought his mom was still living in Maine. So the mom asks, do you know where Josh is? And Atlas is like, who's, who's Josh? Josh? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, my stepdad's not Josh. Who are you talking about? And she's like, your brother, Josh. And he's like, what? <laughs> and that's when Atlas finds out that he has a brother. And 
So yeah, Atlas is obviously shocked because he had no idea that he had a brother. And then his mom's like, of course you knew, like I was pregnant whenever you left the house. Like that's why you left, like you knew I was pregnant, blah, 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 blah. Just putting it off. So that's how Ryle kind of realizes he's about 12 years old because that's when he left the house. And the son, Josh, has been missing for a couple weeks. And the mom thought maybe he had come to find Atlas because the mom had made it seem like to the son Josh that Atlas knew he existed and just had no interest of being in his life, which was obviously not the case because he didn't even know he existed. Right. But as she's like confronting Atlas about Josh, she's not actually concerned about his whereabouts. She's saying, do you know where Josh is? Truancy officers came by the house and they're threatening to like put me in jail. Yeah. So she's not asking him, we need to find him, see if he's safe. Literally, her only concern is herself. Yeah. And so as Atlas's mom is kind of informing him of his brother, that's when Atlas puts two and two together that the vandalizer is probably Josh because Josh is probably pissed that he thinks that his brother just abandoned him and he's done living with his mom and he's just angry of his entire like life circumstances. So after Atlas puts two and two together that it's his brother, likely, that's vandalizing his restaurants, he's like, well, I know that he's probably going to hit one of our restaurants again tonight, and most of the vandalism had been at Bibbs, so he says, I'm just going to put out a lawn chair <laughs> and sit out overnight and see like what happens. So while he waits, Lily gave him another journal, and while he's kind of sitting there waiting for somebody to show up, he's reading the letters that Lily wrote whenever Atlas told Lily that he was going to move and move with his family members in Boston, but really he wasn't. He was just moving, and so he was reading that letter while he was waiting for his brother to show up. And then sure as shit, his brother does show up. <laughs> He shows up and the brother walks up so like casually because you can tell he's been here like a lot. So he just walks up and then so Josh pulls out um, a can of spray paint and Atlas walks up to him and Josh still doesn't see him coming. And he says, hey, you're holding that can of paint wrong. Like you're holding it too close. That's why you're getting drip. So instead of like yelling at him, Atlas is just like kind of flipping the whole situation upside down like you're you're vandalizing my building wrong you need to hold the spray paint a different way and then yeah atlas invites josh inside of his restaurant they kind of sit down and atlas basically tells him that he didn't know that he existed which josh is like yeah right whatever and then later on he's like how do you know my name if you didn't know that i existed and atlas is like well you're our mom showed up to my restaurant and said that you were missing, and that's when I found out that you were alive. Yeah, and at first he doesn't believe him. Cause he doesn't have a reason to trust anybody in his family, so at first he's like, I don't believe you, and thinks that like, he abandoned him, but Atlas just continues to prove that that's not true. So obviously, once Atlas knows that Josh exists, he really doesn't want to make him go back to Sutton, his mom's house, because he knows how she is, and he really wants to keep him, but he also knows, like, long-term, he can't keep him when, like, the mother hasn't consented to that, because then he could be considered, like, kidnapping. Yeah, he has no rights. Yeah. And he's talking, he tells Lily, like, over FaceTime, like, the next morning that he found out that he had a brother, and he was like, I can't believe how much I already love him, how protective I already feel over him. 
like I can't believe it and she's like that's parenting and he was like I don't know what to do and she's like that's parenting we all just fake <laughs> it every day <laughs> So then Atlas decides that either way he needs to bring Josh back to their mom because if he wants to make any motion with a court or anything to get custody, he has to kind of put the best foot out there and anything like this could be like used against him. So Atlas drives Josh back to their mom and Atlas had given his mom money to stay at this hotel so he knew where she was. And then Josh gets out of the car, goes up there, and then... As soon as she opens the hotel door, we can kind of see, well, Atlas can see that the mom starts hitting Josh, and I think we see that she pushes him down, mm -hmm. and then Atlas sprints up to the hotel and basically gets him out, like, We're not him, doing this. Yeah, he's like, go to the car, like, get out. And then, yeah, Josh is bleeding on his head, and they basically just get the hell out of there because she's all crazy, you know how she is. So some days go on and Lily and Atlas just don't have time to see each other between Atlas like trying to get Josh enrolled in school. He gets him some new clothes, like sets him up at his house. Lily's just, you know, busy being a mom. A few days later, Lily invites Atlas to a wedding of a, one of her employees. And so that's one of the next times that Lily and Atlas actually get to see each other. And they both end up being kidless for that whole night mm -hmm. so the night of the wedding lily or atlas goes to lily's apartment to pick her up for the wedding and she's like rushing finishing trying to get ready for this wedding as she's getting dressed atlas sees her heart tattoo that she got on her shoulder for atlas and he sees it for the first time as he sees the tattoo he also sees like the scars of the bite marks where ryle bit her the night of like his big attack on her and so atlas you know rightfully gets super upset because you know you get a tattoo of somebody like that's really significant to show like how much you love them and especially at that point they weren't even in each other's lives anymore at that point so he's like why did you get that and she's like good because i missed you and so atlas just feels the severity of that but he also sees how much of like an issue that he was in her marriage yeah, and Lily's kind of confused because she thought his reaction would have been different. Like, she just he just saw this tattoo that she got in a special place between them. Like, she thought his reaction would have been different. And she's kind of thrown off, like, why are you so upset? And then she realizes it's because he saw the bite mark scar on her. Right. So then they kind of, before the wedding, kind of go into some of Lily's, like, issues within her marriage and you know kind of what ryle did but like how she found the strength to get out of it and then they just start macking they like finally kiss <laughs> before the wedding <laughs> and so we finally get like our first bit of spice in this book mm -hmm. and then things are heating up and they're like you know what? we really got to go to this yeah. wedding <laughs> so they're both like blue balls as hell <laughs> this wedding they're like we gotta stop <laughs> so they are both kidless for the night and they're taking full advantage of it <laughs> Once they get home from the wedding, they start drinking some wine. They do the deed a couple of times. And it's just like, okay, we're together. Like, it finally happened. Well, again, they had sex when they were younger. But they finally did the deed as adults. It was magical. <laughs> but, of course, the magic cannot last for very long. The next morning, Ryle shows up to Lily's apartment, at least after Atlas had left. Shut. Expectedly. 
and Ryle kind of like barges into her apartment and sees that there are two wine glasses and Lily like has her panties thrown over the couch and like clothes. Ryle's like, did you have somebody here? And she's like, I'm allowed to have somebody here. We're divorced. And then he asked her, he said, was it him? And he didn't even have to say who. And I don't. Lily doesn't immediately say anything. So then he obviously knows it was Alice that was there. So yes, Ryle is like, was it him? And then Lily just like doesn't even have to say anything. And so Ryle says, so I had a right to be concerned about him the whole time. And then Lily says, if you truly believe that I would have been unfaithful to you, then go ahead and believe that. I don't have the energy to keep convincing you otherwise. I've explained this to you before, so I'm not saying it again. I never would have left you for Atlas. I never did leave you for Atlas. I left you because I deserve to be treated better than the way I was treated by you. As Lily is like gaining her strength to stand up to Ryle, especially when it comes to Atlas, she tries to kind of like move away from him because she can sense that his anger is building. And she's saying that he like loses the look in his eye, which is how she can tell that he's like really about to have explosive episode. But as that happens, Ryle kind of like grabs her and then shoves her against the door puts his hand around her throat like he's kind of like choking her and is super close to her face she's saying she can like feel his breath and she says in that moment she's just completely shattered because like I said up until this point you know we're kind of all on the same page like maybe he is changing a little bit and able to recognize his actions more but in this moment Lily realized that he hasn't changed at all she says My heart is shattered because Ryle hasn't changed at all. As much as I hoped he had and as much as I know he wanted to, he's still the same man he's always been. I somehow held on to a sliver of hope that he had become stronger for Emmy, but this is absolute confirmation that I'm making the right choices for her. So after this, eventually Lily says like, you're scaring me. I need you to leave, whatever. Ryle leaves, realizes what he's done, and Lily is afraid. So after Ryle leaves... Lily, who was going to get Emmy when she woke up this morning, goes to get Emmy from her mom because she doesn't want Ryle to go, like, get her first. So she asks her mom to meet her in public to get Emmy. And then once she does, she's like, I don't want to go home because I'm afraid Ryle might show back up at my house. However, during the same time, she's texting Atlas. Ryle just found out about us. He's pissed. I don't know what he's doing, but heads up because I think that he may show up and try to hurt you. And she's right. (laughs) And then he barges into the restaurant like a bull in a china cabinet. And then Atlas takes him basically behind the restaurant. Just keeps his cool the entire time as best as he can. And he walks out and boom, got punched. Yep. And he like knocks him. Basically, he's knocked to the ground. And then he stands up. They basically deescalate the situation. And Atlas and Ryle like talk man to man. Atlas is trying to talk some sense into him and like this is our new life now no one wants to be like a toxic you know like we have to be there for emmy like it's not about us it's about her right and so atlas is just talking straight facts and trying to like talk some sense into ryle and ryle is like what so i'm just supposed to be happy for y'all and we're all just supposed to be like one big team and atlas is like that's all you should be when there's a child involved we should all be a team for her and that's when atlas or that's when ryle Like, those words seem to really sink into him, and that's when he leaves and kind of sees that Atlas isn't there to necessarily, like, take Emmy or take Lily, and 
Atlas also tells him, like, you know, we're only in this situation because of your actions. And, like, you need to start taking some responsibility for that. I am in the picture now. And you can either make this really hard on all of us or we can all be together as a team and make this as easy as it can be for Emmy. And so Ryle leaves all mad, but he also does know that Atlas is right. From there, since Lily is scared to go home, she um, asks Atlas if her and Emmy can go to his house. This is the first time that Atlas is actually like full on meeting Emmy, even though they said that they wanted to take it slow. It just happened. So a little while later, it's Emmy's birthday party and, you know, everybody's just trying to keep it as amicable as it can be. And eventually Alyssa is like, when's the last time you saw Atlas? Lily's like, it's been a minute. And Alyssa's like, just go meet up with him. I'll keep Emmy for the night. And Lily's like, but, and like screeches out of there. She shows up at Atlas's restaurant and just kind of like tries to surprise him. And eventually he's able to kind of dip out of work early. They go back to his house and start banging some more. <laughs> so the next morning after their little date evening. Evening of banging. Bangaroos. Sutton shows up at Atlas's house and is demanding to take Josh with her. And Josh doesn't want to go with her. She basically gives up because Josh and Atlas are not going to let him leave. And she's like, whatever, you can keep him or like take him to his dad's. And this whole time, Josh has been saying that he wants to go find his dad because he kind of is under the impression that his dad doesn't know where he is and wouldn't know how to contact him. So he has hope that his dad still wants to be in that picture. He just doesn't know how to get a hold of him. So eventually, Atlas does find the address and he drives Josh to Vermont. And Josh like packs up everything that Atlas bought him, all the clothes, everything. He's like, he's going to be so excited to see me. Yeah, he really thinks that his dad's going to be excited. And then they pull up. Josh is like super anxious. His hands are super tense. And then they're just sitting there and Josh is like, can we take a minute before I do anything? Atlas doesn't really know how to help him because he's never been in the situation before. And then shortly after they've been sitting there, they see a person start walking out of his house. And sure, sure enough, it's Tim. And they were both surprised because he kind of looks older and more like frail than either of them could have pictured. And then he's kind of walking towards a truck that's in his driveway. And that part kind of shakes Josh because this whole time he thought that his dad was just so poor and didn't have a car or was like too sick or whatever. He just had put all these excuses in his head on why his dad wouldn't have tried to come see him or find him. But like seeing his dad walking to the car made him realize like, no, my dad could have came and found me, but he never tried to. And so that's kind of whenever he realized like, well, he actually saw the cigarette burns on Atlas, the scars. And he basically asked, did my dad do that to you? And Atlas, he hasn't been very honest with Josh about like the severity of his childhood with Sutton and Tim. And so, but he finally, you know, just admits it to Josh because Josh is like in this big predicament. Like, should he try to like make a relationship with his father or stay with Atlas? So Atlas is honest with him and says like, yeah, like, you know, like my childhood wasn't great. Like, Tim was not a great part of this and he's just honest with him about the whole situation and then basically Josh comes to his own realization that Tim doesn't deserve another chance with him like he was shitty to his brother he doesn't deserve another 
chance to have Josh in his life. And so Josh basically decides then and there in the car that he doesn't want a relationship with Tim anymore. And then right as they pull off, Josh asks, Can Atlas, I flip him off? Yeah, he's like, can I flip him off? And he's like, sure. Please do. <laughs> and so they roll down the windows and he calls him asshole. Asshole. <laughs> and they drive off back to Boston. So a few days later, Lily and Atlas both are discussing what next steps they need to take in their lives. Also, at this point, Lily and Atlas have become official and have also said, I love you. So they're both discussing what their day is going to look like. Atlas is going to confront Sutton and say, this is the deal. You confront her about keeping Josh. At the same time, Lily is holding an intervention with the help of Alyssa and Marshall to tell Ryle her grounds of what she needs to move forward with him after he like assaulted her again. So Sutton shows up to this dinner basically that Atlas has planned at his restaurant. The restaurant's closed, so it's just them two. And he sets her down. He made her the coconut shrimp that she really liked and that's like the only positive memory he has of his mom ever is this trip to Cape Cod. So he makes the shrimp basically an ode of that trip they had. And he just starts asking her what kind of manga manga or no first he says what was like my favorite food or what was my favorite movie growing up as a kid essentially tell me anything that you knew about me as a kid and then he goes on to say tell me anything that you know about josh right now yeah and she deflects and it's like i didn't have time for knowing any of that stuff about you i was a single mom i was just trying to survive blah 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 blah. making up with these excuses for why she doesn't know anything about her own children right so he makes this pitch to her and kind of finally gets through to her because she acts towards him just out of spite everything to atlas is out of spite even if she doesn't want to take care of josh which she really doesn't even if she doesn't care about where he ends up because she doesn't she's just trying to be argumentative for argument's sake finally atlas just kind of gets through to her she starts crying and he sees this wall break down with her and she agrees to let atlas essentially have custody of josh he tells sutton every tuesday we're going to have dinner here at the exact same time you're welcome to come no hard feelings if you don't, but this door is always going to be open and I hope that you accept this invitation, but it just is what it is. The offer's there, take it or leave it. So at the same time, Lily goes to Marshall and Alyssa's apartment. She knows that Ryle is there and they kind of stage this intervention. Ryle can obviously tell what's going on, not long into it, and he gets super upset and he even asks Marshall, like, did you know about this? And Marshall just like leans in and he's like, Do I know that you pinned Lily against a wall last week and tried to choke her? Sit the fuck down. Mm -hmm. And so Lily tells him what I need from you going forward to keep this, you know, amicable and out of court. Essentially, I need you to take anger management classes. All of your visits have to be supervised here. Still no overnight visits. She says, depending on your interactions going forward, we'll decide as a family when we feel comfortable with you having unsupervised visits with the girls. And that's when... Ryle realizes like it's not just my child now it's now also like my niece my whole family is uncomfortable with how I'm acting yeah and so he's just kind of having an attitude about the whole situation and Lily's like I've given you so many chances I have given you so much grace but if you fight this on me I will sell everything I own to take you to court and so he knows that she's not fucking around and he knows that she even has the support of his sister and best friend so even his family is on her side so he's just like okay well like what the fuck am I gonna do and it's hard because I think we can like all agree that he doesn't want to have a strained relationship with Lily 
I think that he probably does love her truthfully in his own certain way, obviously not the right way. And so he just, so he finally backs down and kind of accepts her rules. And Lily just like breaks down because she's like, you know, finally, like we got here. I, you know, I feel comfortable with these like limitations moving forward. He knows about Atlas. Me and Atlas are in a good place and everything just kind of seems to be on the, yeah, on the up and up. So from there, the book kind of tends to wrap up. In a past conversation, Atlas had asked her, when am I allowed to ask you to move in with me? And when am I allowed to propose? On the exact six month mark of them dating, he wrote Lily a letter and slid it under her door and asked her to move in with him. As she's moving, there's an interaction where Ryle and Marshall come to drop off Emmy and Ryle like kind of keeps his cool and he still obviously has an issue, but like that's fair. And Lily sees the interaction go without conflict, which is a really big deal. They move in together a year and a half later, they get married and all is well. And that's about that on that. Time for some rating. Overall, I would say if you read the first book, I would say it was like a four out of five. Spicy, more like a 2.5 or three out of five. There was only like a couple situations that we saw. Could have used a little bit more. Overarching themes, I would say maybe a three. There was nothing like too big picture besides kind of like co-parenting, you know, blended family situations and like taking care of like your brother as your son you know but besides that like it was kind of just like a feel-good book right how about you so i would say the book as a whole i think i would give it like a four or five. Oh, we're going out of five mm-hmm. i'd give it maybe like a two and a half or a three spiciness Whoa. i would also say like a two and yeah the, the themes of it it wasn't anything new you know, it was really piggybacking off of the last book. So, you know, obviously domestic abuse and then, yeah, you know, co-parenting, maybe even some issues with guardianship. I think that they were fine. So I would say maybe like a three out of five. But I think the first book goes into depth with some of those issues better. Yeah. Your face says it all, though. You seem like you didn't really like the book. I didn't. I was disappointed. I don't really know what I was expecting, but this book didn't need to happen. I don't think. I think it's for people that read the first book and were obsessed and just needed to know what happened. But I think that we could have gotten like a happy ending with like an extended chapter or something. Yeah, like an epilogue. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think it needed to be necessarily a whole book. I don't think it was that great. I literally think it was just for people who were so obsessed with the characters and the story that they maybe just needed a little bit more. But I don't think it was her best work. It really didn't even remind me of a Colleen Hoover book because... There was no twist. Exactly. That's my biggest thing. (laughs) Because not that the spice is necessarily like required, but she usually does have more spice. I wasn't expecting a ton in this book, but it was very, very minimal. And then yes, there was no big twist. And so as I was reading the book, I was like, is something actually going to happen? I feel like nothing much actually happened the in only, this book. The only twist was, was Josh. us finding out that he had a brother. Exactly. And that was also kind of towards, like I would say, like the first third. And so as I was reading, I was like, is this the only twist that we're getting? So that was kind of disappointing. We could have taken an actual twist for the main two characters. Right. But Atlas was just such a simp in this book. 
He is. It was just so, I don't know. They were both just so. What, in love? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure (laughs) out a better way to describe it, but I don't know. It was just everything with them was just through such rose-colored glasses. I don't know. I didn't love it. For me, I actually really did like it. Really? Yeah. Because it is just so, because there's not a ton of conflict in it. There were still like altercations and like things happening and I thought it was a nice resolution to the story and a lot of times you do read books and you're like, I just want more like what happened? Like did they end up together? So it's like we actually got that. I agree because if we didn't know that the second book was coming, I I would still be like, I want to know what happened after Lily and Atlas ran into each other on the street, but Mm -hmm. I don't think we needed a whole book for it necessarily i'm gonna agree to disagree because i really liked it well we'll see because it ends with us is becoming a movie so is it starts with us also going to be a movie i guess it will depend on how the ratings are for it ends with us well we obviously had to finish this book pretty quickly Mm. so i haven't seen a ton of people reacting to this book but from what i've seen i don't think people love it that much i've seen like two people like actually finish it and review it before us sitting down right now and it wasn't great yeah i think people probably think it was overhyped which i kind of agree but also like it wasn't hard for me to get like through the book no it wasn't it was just kind of really cheesy to me too because they're like facetiming and atlas is like good night beautiful lily and it's like I don't know. There were some parts where I was like, that's cringy. Addison likes the bad boy vibe more than the just like, I love you vibe. I don't know. He's just like such. The only word I can think of is simp for her in this book, which obviously he loves her, but it's, I don't know. And like, like, can I come give you a hug? (laughs) (laughs) I thought their vow, like the vows that we read were so sweet. Yeah, they were really long. As I was reading those vows, I was like, imagine if we were at this wedding and somebody was reading vows this long. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, get on with it. I don't know. I'm glad to have read it. Like, I'm glad to have some resolution. I feel like it was all, like, tied up in a bow. But as far as, like, Colleen Hoover's catalog, I would say it's my least favorite book that I've read of hers. Yeah, I would agree. I think it really is just kind of, like, the resolution to the main story right it it's not a standalone book like you couldn't just recommend it starts with us without telling someone to read it ends with us right but i i also don't necessarily know you know that she meant for it to be like i imagine that it's hard you know to follow up such a popular book and to also like want to please your audience but it's just like Yes, we can still have a happy ending, but I feel like she could have also stayed more true to her, like, writing style, you know? And, like, just could have given us, taken us more on, like, a journey. You know what I'm saying? Touche. That's that on that. hmm So, our next book will be Things We Never... <laughs> Why am I talking so slow? Our next book club will be Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. So, stay tuned. So, that book club will be November 11th. 11-11, make a wish. Thank you so much for being a part of my Quarter Life Crisis book club. Please let us know what you think. 
let us know what you think of book club let us know what you think of the book if you read it if you intend to read it definitely read it ends with us if nothing else that's what i have to say as always you can find us at my quarter life crisis pod you can find me on instagram at addison eteaki e-t-e-a-k-i and you can follow me on instagram at caroline.clon c-l-o-n until next time we'll see you next time bye goodbye